Oh, man, I wish man. I want to keep all of this in. If I could keep all of this in, I would do it. It's like, oh my gosh! But we should we should start. We should start. We'll catch up when we're uh, afterwards. Um, yeah. Okay. Oh, dude, you you added my questions into the doc. Thank you. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a special new release episode of Not Your Father's Movies. I'm Vito. I'm Mike. And I'm Jesse, and we are the dad fathers coming at you with, I mean, not Black Widow energy, but we are widowers. But we're not widowers, because we're not we're, widowers. We're all <laughs> happily married men. <laughs> we are we are superhero people <laughs> coming at you. Super people energy. <laughs> super, That's good. We found super it. Super energy. Yeah, super dad energy. There we go. Super That's going to be the energy. new standard. That's this new Marvel standard for our pod, I think. Super dad energy. Super dad energy. Exactly. Dad. And and not like the dad in Invincible, like a, like an actual super dad, like Mr. Incredible. Yeah. That's what we're going for. Yeah. Um, but so we're doing Black Widow. It uh, just recently came out in theaters, also on Disney Plus and their premiere access. And I'm certain probably later in the year, just a regular streaming. Um, it's been a big deal. It's obviously the first new MCU thing that we've had that wasn't a TV show and quite some time yeah two years about two years about yeah. two years since yeah 2019 far from home oh yeah. far from home that's right i mean far from home 2019 and this is 2021 and we're finally <laughs> getting this one and it's been delayed like what a year and a half it's been delayed a little bit over a year a year and a couple months i believe it was supposed to come out back uh last may it was pushed a bunch of times and it was supposed to be the launch of mcu's phase four um, finishing up after the uh, um, Far From Home concluded the Endgame kind of saga. And after this movie, we were supposed to have gotten the uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, WandaVision, Loki TV shows. But because of the way that everything's worked, this came out after those three things. All this to say, it's a brand new MCU movie. Everyone's going back to theaters. This made in its opening weekend, about $70 million in, in domestic box office. And about $60 million, according to Disney, based on their premiere access. Pretty good. Wow. Okay. Cool. Pretty good. Yeah. I will say that this is the first movie I've seen in theaters since The Rise of Skywalker. And I, I'm happy to erase that as the last movie I saw in theaters. Finally. That is a pretty depressing one to have seen last. This is the second or this is the second movie I've seen in theaters That's since true. Limbo. You should all see Limbo. That's right. Mike is still beating the Limbo drum. But Watch this is, okay. Limbo. This is right. also the first movie that I've seen in theaters since Rise of Skywalker as well. <laughs> and I saw the same preview. Same trailer. Which one? It was, it was uh, the Ryan Reynolds one. Oh, the yeah. one where I also <laughs> saw that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, like, Free Guy will actually come out in theaters someday. <laughs> it's like, man, I haven't been in movie theater for a year and a half, and it's the same trailer. This is uh, this is unbelievable. Times are weird, man. It's Groundhog Day. It yeah. really is. I'm just seeing just Ryan Reynolds' face again from like three years ago when they actually shot the thing. And I've already seen him and he already looks older, but this movie's going to come out after those things and he looks younger. Time is weird. This is 2021. We are still catching up from everything being delayed back in 2020. And it's nice that we get a big movie like this uh, finally out. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I'm excited to talk about it. But this was uh, directed by Kate Shortland. She's a, a fairly uh, new indie director. She has done two movies of late that have gotten 
some consideration and notoriety, uh, Berlin Syndrome in 2014, 15, and then Lore a little bit earlier than that in uh, 2012. And I heard of both of these when they came out. I haven't seen either, but people were really impressed with with her work. And judging from this movie, I think that she will have a, a fairly good career after this. But it stars uh, Scarlett Johansson. We all know Scarlett Johansson. Who's Scarlett Johansson, Vito? Just one of the biggest movie stars of the past 20 years. <laughs> Most known for Jojo Rabbit, right? Uh, I thought it was Lost in Translation. And Marriage Story, which I feel like has been in the hearts and minds, or at least the minds of people, if not the hearts. I'm not sure if it's in my heart. I don't know. It's She's in Marriage Story. and I She's have fantastic weird... in Marriage Story. She's great. I just have weird feelings about Marriage Story. I love Marriage Story. It, it lives in my heart. At least it's been living there rent free for a long time. I, I will talk about it someday, I'm sure. But even apart from Lost in Translation and Marriage Story and Jojo Rabbit, she's also fantastic in in her. Um, she's fantastic in uh, what was that Jonathan Glazer movie? Under the Skin. She's fantastic. She's amazing in Under the Skin. She's actually like a very good actress. She who, really is. Like constantly acts in these smaller movies and then shows up as Black Widow. Yeah. You know? And she's she's great as Black Widow. How many MCU movies does she show up in? I it's every Avengers movie. It is Iron Man two. Is that where she first yeah. shows up? Iron yes, Man 2? that's, where she that's her first starts. movie. And then Captain America two and three. Yes. Yeah, I think this is her eighth. I feel like I'm I'm forgetting a movie where she like shows up for a scene. You know what I mean? Like because they they do that where the, someone will be around, they'll walk by or something. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that happened. Or you know, I don't watch Agents of Shield. Maybe she showed up in a few episodes of that in the background. I don't know. Maybe here. You know what? We're actually going to answer this uh, <laughs> with uh, with the with the MDIB. You know what? Oh my it god, does exist. We do, have, <laughs> we do have the internet. We do. We the do. Internet. What is the internet? Is it like a box? Like in um in uh, uh the IT crowd. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Hang on, we're, we're gonna get we're gonna get to the bottom of this. Two. One, two, three. She's in Captain Marvel uncredited. Four. Oh, yeah. Five, she, oh, that doesn't count. She shows up in end credit scene. Six, seven, uh, eight, nine. She's in nine. She's in nine. Yeah. Look at that. It. The only reason it counts is because Marvel signed everyone, I think, to like nine movie contracts. Yeah. But we named eight of them that she like had a main role in. That's cool. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, Good memories, guys. I'm proud of you yeah. both. Yeah. All right, and then uh, coming I just up saw though, Captain I think Marvel we have... today, and I can't. Yeah. I don't remember her in that I at I all. Forgot it. Oh, okay. she also voices Ka in the Jungle Book, and she's in Hail Caesar. She oh, is. Oh yeah, that's right. She's in that that Ghost in the Shell remake that we shouldn't talk about because it's terrible <laughs> and disrespectful. Yeah. <laughs> And she's in a movie that some people have been telling us to do um, at least a few times called Chef. Called Chef. Oh, yeah. So yeah, so chef. all of you out there that have been clamoring for Chef, <laughs> we, we have received your emails. We thank you for reaching out. And we are we are working vigorously to figure out where we can put that. Probably we'll do another fan request series one of these days. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we should. We should look into doing that. Yeah, we should. We just have so many more fans than we used to. I know. Like thousands, yeah. right? I, they're in the millions <laughs> I keep buying fans 
Who else is in this, Vito? Disgusting. Uh, oh, we also one, have... one more oh. shout out. Oh, Holy she's fuck. in the Prestige, which we've covered <laughs> oh, before. Yeah. We've actually talked she's about Scarlett like, Johansson before. She's in a ton of a ton of movies. You know, she's she's a great actress, and and she works a lot, like a lot. She's in big a movies. Lot. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done. I'm just I'm just waiting just to make sure that that we're good. <laughs> Yeah, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> we also have the rising superstar Florence Pugh. I have been dying to do this. Florence Pugh is the greatest new actress coming on the scene. I, I Saoirse Ronan is amazing. Florence Pugh is better. I, I'm sorry, Florence Pugh. Is she better? I think Florence. Pugh I, is I better. haven't seen. I don't think I've seen any of the other movies she's in. Florence Pugh can do things with her face that I have not seen any actress ever do. I mean, she's great. I. In Midsommar specifically, I have never seen someone act with such a great range and depth of emotion as she does. I think I, I think that she will be in our lives for a long time, and it's it's about time that she got a huge movie to to at least co lead. You know, she's she's a huge deal, and I think will be a huge deal for a long time. That's cool. She's I think she's the best part of this. She's fantastic. I agree. Yeah, she's wonderful in this. Yeah, she's she's really good. Um, but apart from this, I mean, she's obviously in Little Women, uh, Midsommar. She's in Lady Macbeth. She's in uh, Fighting with My Family. She did a really cool uh, miniseries based on the Jean Le Carré novel called uh, Little Drummer Girl. Yeah, and she's she's got a bright future. I, I can't wait to see what she comes up with. Yeah. But we also have, um, you know, Hollywood royalty here, Rachel Weisz. Uh, we all know Rachel Weisz. You remember her in the Mummy movies? <laughs> Fantastic. Actually, or she's the one I haven't looked up, but I was watching her face the whole time, and I was just like, "Who is this?" Like, I know I've seen her a thousand times before, and then uh, I know Vito's going to get really mad when I say I don't recognize her. But <laughs> it's what? okay; it's all right. I understand. No, she's also in the favorite. Uh, she was one of. She might have been the best. One of the best things about the favorite. Um, she's also in uh, the Lobster for a little while. Uh, she's in uh, Lovely Bones. She's in The Brothers Bloom. You might remember her as as the voice of Safira in Aragon. I don't remember that. You guys remember Aragon? <laughs> <laughs> no. And she's in the she's in the fountain. She plays the the twins in Constantine. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, she does. Yeah, about a boy. The Mummy movies. Enemy at the Gates. Yeah, I I liked Rachel Weisz for a long time, and it's really cool to see her showing up here. Um, kind of like. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer did in Ant-Man and the Wasp. You're like, oh, yeah. it's oh, it's Michelle a really Pfeiffer. big deal. Holy cow. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I've a seen lot a lot of budget went right there. That's cool. I've seen a no, lot no. of those movies. So that's nice. We also have David Harbour coming here. Uh, we Stranger Things guy. It's, yeah. Sheriff, it's Sheriff Hopper. Yeah. We love Sheriff Hopper. Yeah. Have you caught up in Stranger Things, Jesse? I, I think before you did. So, yeah. Oh, oh, spicy. <laughs> Do we still like Stranger Things? That's the question. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I, I, I didn't like, just like season yeah. three as much as everyone else did. Yeah, I enjoyed season three. It felt a little more bland. I mean, it was, had some weird horror aspects with like everybody being mind controlled or whatever. That was cool. Um, yeah. But like, eh, it felt more generic, which is weird to say <laughs> because the I, first two kind of feel generic too. I loved the the monster though, made out of the rat corpses. Yeah. That was really fantastic. That was pretty cool. I, I loved that. It was there so was a lot about it that, that I really liked. Yeah, yeah. It the season two for me was the one I did not like. I thought season two was super boring. It was very hard for me to get through. I, I it's pretty forgettable. 
<laughs> I don't really remember it. Well, it's just the, the, I have forgotten the monster's a shadow monster. And you're like, well, that sucks. Yeah. I genuinely love season two. I loved season two probably more than season one. And then season three is mediocre for me. Wow. wow. I was I was super bored in season two. Like, I actually think I might have full on left the room while it was playing sometimes and just walked back and forth through it just to get through an episode. Like, did not connect with me. That's but, crazy. Like, man, yeah. I was so into it. Anyway, but he's also, David Harbour is also in Hellboy. The he new Hellboy. is the reboot of Hellboy. If you want, if you want to hear discussion on the reboot of Hellboy, you can listen uh, to our friend show, our friend of the show, David, and his podcast, SBCAC. And we did a full breakdown of Hellboy, and we talk a lot about that movie. One more thing. One more thing. Go, sorry, going back to Stranger Things, I forgot that I wanted to say this, but at the end of season three, spoilers, guys, if you are into Stranger Things and haven't seen season three yet, but he's like imprisoned in Russia in the 80s, See, which means he could very well turn out to be the, oh, what's his name in here? The Crimson Dynamo? The Crimson Dynamo. <laughs> I actually almost called him the Crimson, the, crimson the red, Dynamo. The Red Giant? What is it? The I, Red, I the red Captain America? It's it's a, a generic red name. Anyway, but it's just like that lines he's up a, with he's this Alexi. timeline? It might yeah. be. It does. That's cr- So maybe Stranger Things is MCU. Maybe that's yes. how they're going to finally get the mutants into the MCU. It's, it's like it's like that meme oh. where people cut into things and it's cake. If you cut into movies, it's just MCU. <laughs> <laughs> well, Disney owns everything except exactly. for that because it's owned by Netflix. Exactly. So you never know. Just wait till Disney owns Netflix. You know. Yeah. It'll happen someday. But David Harbour is also in a, in a very good movie this year that I think a lot of people will not look at. Um, at least I think it's very good. I know friend of the show, Sir, thinks differently, but he's also in No Sudden Move with Don Cheadle and Benicio Del Toro, and he's fantastic in No Sudden Move. He's He might give the best acting performance in that movie, for my money. He's got chops. Okay. Boy's got that's chops. Cool. He's not just he's not just fat and funny. Okay, that's a question that I have, because I've only seen him in in this and in Stranger Things, and like he did a special that was like sort of funny, but I turned it off. But like it's felt with Stranger Things, he went from being an interesting character to just being fat and funny. Which is part of why, like, the seasons progressively have gotten worse for me. And here, like, he's fat and he's funny. And that's kind of it. But so it's good to hear that there's something out there that I, I, I think need to check out. I think he wants to work. And I think he wants to do interesting stuff. And he wants yeah. to choose good projects. And I think that especially for a character actor who, you know, is big and imposing like him. Kind of like Jason Segel. Yeah. You know, if you can be fat and funny or at least big and funny, I think there's just a really a lot of pressure on you to just do that yeah. and not like try and expand and do something else. For sure. And if Marvel comes at you and says, Hey, do you want to be in one of our movies? You say yes. Yeah. No matter kind of what yeah. they're going to ask you to do. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But rounding out our, our cast list here, I'd like to just mention uh, Ray Winstone plays our, our bad guy. Uh, I think his name is Drakov. Yeah. Drakov. And Ray Winstone is a really fun actor he usually plays very curmudgeonly angry british dudes <laughs> uh you might remember him as as mr french in the departed Do you departed that? yeah he's he's sort of uh jack nicholson's like muscle you know yeah yeah um he's also in uh he, he played beowulf in the cgi beowulf movie <laughs> that's great i gotta see that did, did you guys none I, of you guys see that i saw glimpses of it 
and then I said, I don't really want to watch this. Yeah, I didn't want to see that. There's a great there's a great <laughs> moment where where he says, I am Beowulf. And that was like the best part of the movie. <laughs> so just watch that on YouTube and then you're good. Was that supposed to be like a 300 ripoff? It's not bit? clear. I don't know what it was trying to be, but whatever it was, it didn't it didn't do it. <laughs> but he's also yeah, he's in he was in Cats last year, which is really fun. Uh, you guys like Cats? Cats is great. It's my favorite movie. Not that movie. He was in Noah. Yeah. He was Tubal Cain in Noah. Yeah, he's That's the right. bad guy in Noah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fantastic in that. And he's in Hugo. He's in he's in Rango. Yeah, he's in Rango. Of course he is. Everyone that was good was Maybe in Rango. Maybe a future, future episode on the pod here, Vito? Is that <laughs> if, a future episode? If Vito has his way, then yes. Oh, he was in Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, the best Indiana Jones movie. Oh, that's the best. true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, everyone loves that one. Everyone loves that one. Uh, I don't know how they're going to top that. Yeah. Yeah, quintessential Indiana Jones. You can skip the other ones. Just watch that one. <laughs> Why is this about an old guy and Shia LaBeouf? I just feel sad. There's ants and aliens. I don't know. And monkeys. Lots of monkeys. Oh, yeah, lots of monkeys. So that kind of rounds out our cast list. Uh, it, it's it's kind of a smaller cast than usual. Yeah. But the names are, are very... I think are very big and I think are well chosen. Um, it's written by Eric Pearson, who we talked about previously on our Kong versus Godzilla episode. He's also written for Thor Ragnarok and it's based on a story by Jack Schaefer, who recently was the showrunner and chief writer for WandaVision uh, for the MCU. And also uh, Ned Benson, whose only real other work is the disappearance of Eleanor Rigby, which is a very strange 2013 indie film starring Jessica Chastain and James McAvoy. They made three movies, they made The Disappearance of Eleanor Rigby, Him and Her, which were the same story told from two different perspectives, and then a combined one called Them, which they released in theaters. And you had to buy the Blu-ray disc to get the other two movies that they made. It, it was a bizarre experiment. I'm not that sure weird, it totally yeah. worked, but it was cool. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, it's I, interesting. I don't know how that could work, because like, if I was gonna, going to the theater and I was like, this is the third in a trilogy well i want to watch the other two but and... it, it's not it's not really it's the same story but they, for the him it's james mcavoy's perspective his point of view for her it's jessica chastain's and the them one is the re-edited and cut together version of both movies to provide you with one cohesive movie i mean that's interesting but i still want to see the other two beforehand exactly and yeah. i think that led to a lot of confusion when the movie came out which is why i think it's kind of forgotten but it was a weird experiment, and it's strange to see Ned Benson here, like resurfacing after years of since that movie on a Black Widow movie. I, I don't understand yeah, what happened. Yeah, like how, how do you get that job? <laughs> but good for him, though. I mean, like that's great. It's a uh, it's scored. This movie's scored instead of our usual Alan Silvestri for the Avengers stuff. It's actually scored by Lauren Balfi, and this is notable because it's going to play into something we're going to talk about in this. Is he's the Mission Impossible composer. Uh, he's, okay. he's done so many of these movies. He's, he's going to do the next two. He just did the last one. Um, but this guy works a lot. Uh, he's done the Florida Project, Lego Batman movie, Assassin's Creed 3, the video game, Megamind. Oh, <laughs> like, mm. I, I don't understand his career, but it's clear he loves composing music. And he gets a lot of work. Yeah. A lot of work. His IMDb is crazy. But I think, I think that kind of rounds out who we're going to talk about. I might leave a discussion on Kevin Feige for maybe a, an MCU movie that 
maybe feels a little bit more important to the is, MCU itself. Is that is that how you pronounce his name? Kevin Feige? I have been saying it that way, and I've heard almost everyone else say it uh, every other kind of way you can say it. I've heard I've heard Feige. I think it's I, I've, heard, I've heard Feig. Kevin Feige. Yeah, I say Feig. I say Feig when I read that name. I'm, I'm just going to call him Kevin F. Kevin. Mr. F. <laughs> can we just call him Kev? Or call him Kev? Yeah, Kev. Our dude, Kev. Our, our big, our big man, Kev, who shepherds the MCU. Yeah, let's 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 just push talking about him to a okay. different time. Yeah. Um, so, why we're we doing this movie? Why are we doing this movie? Uh, Mike, thoughts? Well, um, we like to do a new release every year, and this is a big or every month, and this is a big one. I mean, it's the uh, it's the first, and like we said, it's the first <clears throat> MCU that's coming out in almost two years. And it's really awesome to see Black Widow finally get her own movie. All of her other um, co-Avengers have gotten their own movies for a while, or at least most of them. Um, it's cool to uh, it's cool that they're making one about her. That's that's mostly why we wanted to do it, right? Anything? Yeah, it's an MCU movie. Yeah, like we haven't really covered those at all, and it seems appropriate to like. To cover one on a new release segment because like they're they come out frequently we're probably going to hit a few more up as they come but like we've refrained from talking about this for 40 something episodes of our podcast we thought it was time it was time these have been coming out since i was like 18 or something 17 they've been a big part of my uh well they've been around a lot for all of my growing up. They, I've they seen have, most of them. They have dominated my social media since 2008. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, geez. That was, that was 13 years ago. Oh, they've been it's around been a long time. long time. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's been a long time. Yeah. So that, that's kind of why we're doing it. Uh, first impressions, Jesse, when you watch this, did you think to yourself, wow, what a dung pile? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a good question. Uh, so, also, to, to put some context into this, again, this is the first time been back to theaters in a long time. And also, I think I'd mentioned before that I had left off watching superhero movies for a while, which means I have some holes, and I filled all of them. Holy cow. Nice. How, many, how many holes? <laughs> that was six holes. Or five wow. holes. It was five. Yeah. Five, it was, wait, so five MCU movies you watched, including yeah. this one? I, no, including this one at six. Before. Jeez. Uh, so just... For the movies beforehand, there was uh, Captain America and the Winter Soldier, which I had never seen. Wow, really? Movie. Yeah. Like, I had heard, oh, this is the best one. It was really good. But I never liked the first Captain America. So it was like, uh, I feel like I'm just being built up and I'll wait years until, um, until like, I have proper expectations of this because I'm probably just going to think it's all right. And that's kind of what I thought. I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. Yeah, it's every everyone who's like fanboying out saying like, oh, they did a seventies thriller. No, they didn't. It's a Marvel movie, and it just looks a little bit different. And Robert Redford's kind of sneaky. Okay, it's it's fine. It's fine. It's, I think now now having it in perspective, it seems like the first time there's a Marvel movie that has big implications for the rest of the Marvel movies, which is that you know Shield's not around anymore. Right. So I think yeah. that also. Like, if you look back on it, that's finally one of the Marvel movies that has, like, something big happening. It feels like, like it matters a little bit. Yeah. Is it the first one that's, like, building up towards, like, Endgame, I guess, Infinity War? Like, building up all of the... Well, no, because the Avengers it, came out before, it, right? It, well, yeah, but it's, it's doing away with, well. with with 
Shield, who was a big deal in Avengers. It's getting right. rid of yeah. Shield, saying that Hydra had been like, oh, by the way, spoilers. Yeah, we're, we're, we're gonna have a lot of spoilers in this episode. Um, I don't know. Yeah, listen to your own peril. Like, sorry, anyway. he hasn't been around. So, so I thought that was was fine, and it was a good Marvel movie. That's what I thought about it. And then, like, I watched Ant Man, and then Ant Man and the Wasp, and then mm. Ant Man. I thought was it was funny. It was okay. And then Ant Man the Wasp. I thought was I thought it kind of stunk. Yeah. Like I still enjoy Paul Rudd in that role, though. Oh, of course, like, he's he's yeah. what makes it like watchable, right? <laughs> oh yeah, like, you you just love watching him on screen being confused and befuddled and like thrown around. Yeah, that's always fun. Yeah, it is. Like Paul Rudd is uh, the best part of that. Oh, and then uh, Spider Man Far From Home and Captain Marvel, and I I enjoyed Spider Man Far From Home, except I thought it was too long, but yeah, I thought it was fine. Jake Gyllenhaal is the best part of that movie for me. I, yeah, I, I, I love him. Yeah. And the Mysterio sequences when like, oh yeah, Spider-Man doesn't know what on earth is going on. I'm like, this is perfect. I've never seen anything quite like this before. At least yeah. in a Marvel movie. This is awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah it's, it, it's, it's like eight minutes out of the movie are like really good. Yeah. Yeah. About eight minutes. D- did you like the drones? <laughs> are you a fan of the drones? <laughs> so dumb. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, like of all the things I wanted Mysterio to do, to control a drone army is not at the top of the list. <laughs> Never would have considered it. I mean, the chase scene between the drones and, and Spider-Man were kind of fun, though. Like, that's and the, cool. Like, and the you, end of the movie, like the post credit scene, like, is cool. Like, there's some cool yeah. stuff. I don't know. Vaguely yeah. cool? I, it, yeah. Honestly, like, having watched all these movies mashed together, like, Far From Home is like, oh, this is pretty good <laughs> um it's on the anyway. top of that pile of whatever the pile that is but but one of the most important reasons why i watched those movies was because i wanted to watch ant-man and the wasp because the wasp had a female protagonist in it mm. uh played by evangeline know. lily yeah yeah i mean like she she's clearly not the star compared to paul rudd but like it's the best marvel has to offer in terms of like female protagonist stories um Except for Captain Marvel, which I also watch, and wow, like she is just such an uncompelling character. Yeah, I was I was very bored, and then and then I and then I saw this, and I was kind of blown away by this. At least for the first half, for the first half, I was just like, I've never seen anything. I've never seen a story quite like this. This is kind of new and unique, and there's like a pseudo family dynamics going on. I don't know if somebody's going to explode violently at any moment at like one of their compadres that they have, but like, and then there's a second half when they get to the giant floating ship. It's just like, ah, this is the marble I know. Mm -hmm. And then we got a a thing in the sky. We got to break into the thing in the sky, destroy it, get the thing that we need from the thing and then get out alive. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's like oh, okay, and everyone's this... going to everyone's yeah. going to get out alive. We oh, know yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At this point, yeah, I knew exactly what was happening. It's just like all right, now we've gone back to straight Marvel. So I really enjoyed the second, the first half, and then the second half. I thought was it was it was good Marvel stuff, but nothing I hadn't like particularly seen before. But I do enjoy, well, except for a couple other things. Like I enjoy like, uh, like. 
the confrontation of the villain who I despised in this. Like, I had, like, a visceral hatred of this guy, unlike any other Marvel movie I've had, even Thanos. Thanos is just like, dude, you're just misguided or whatever, but this guy, I just want him to die. Yeah. Anyway, so I overall, I liked it. This was like a somewhere between a three and a half and four star movie. I'll, I guess I'll say four stars. Dang, okay. Um, so I did not watch half of the MCU before seeing this. <laughs> um, or immediately before. T- to be fair to Jesse, he didn't either. He watched like a quarter. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um, I had just finished watching Falcon the Winter Soldier, though. Uh, <laughs> which, you know, you know, um, that's whatever. Uh, I, <laughs> I loved the first, I don't know, maybe 20 minutes of this movie. I thought it was, I saw the same thing. It was like, wow, this is, this is new. This does not feel like a Marvel movie. Um, it's like, it's not something that you'd want to show you. I don't know. It's not a kid's movie. Not you know? at all. Like most of the Marvel movies, I feel like. There's dark elements to them or whatever, but they're kind of kids' movies. Like they're kind of they're light. Well, they're they're appropriate for children to see. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah, they can be kind I mean. of violent and kind of punchy, but they don't seem they don't really feel like they're dealing with the real world. They don't deal yeah. with child trafficking, and mm-hmm. that's you know this is kind of directly what it's sort of about. Um, Specifically, the trafficking of young women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The inexhaustible and was, supply. Yeah, yeah. That was that was kind of hard to watch. Um, yeah, actually, yeah. It, was, it was wild. I did not expect to be. I did not expect that. But I don't know. It kind of went down from there for me. I thought. I thought there was some kind of mixed messaging with the uh, with the movie and sort of what the overall message was. We'll talk about that maybe a little bit later. But you know, it, it was. I think it was a pretty good Marvel movie. I gave it three stars. Uh, that's better than average. A little bit. I don't really have a whole lot of love for the MCU. I've seen all of them. I don't really know why. And I I, I kind of feel like this might be the one that makes me stop watching them. Um, not because it's especially bad, but just because it's like, is this really a great use of my time for two and a half hours? I, I don't know, man. I don't know. You're going to watch at least one more. The, I, I am going to watch Eternals. I, I cannot <laughs> wait to see Eternals. That's for, sure. That's for sure. Mostly because it's Chloe Zhao um, and also Rob Stark. But yeah. 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 So that's my first impression. You have a weird attachment to Richard Gordon. Right. <laughs> you mean Rob Stark. Um, <laughs> Can I ask what your average rating of a Marvel movie is? Like, oh, I'd like say... I don't know. I don't know what it is on Letterboxd. Someone's going to look at it and be like, you actually gave them like four stars or whatever. Because it's probably I'm, like two, two and I am, a half. I am completely inconsistent with my ratings system. Um, <laughs> I would say so, having, having looked at them and also knowing your general feeling, I would say maybe two, maybe two. I, maybe? I'd say probably two. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's this, probably it. Oh, better than average Marvel movies. What I'm hearing from you. Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. This is, Mar- this is yeah, like Marvel's- up there. This is, this is kind of the best of, of Marvel. And that's probably why I'm like, reconsidering my decisions to have watched <laughs> i don't know 20 movies 15 how many 25 are, are you kidding me i've no, watched I think, 25 I of these well i don't know if you have but i think there are like 25 wow. okay well yeah. i know i've seen them all but yeah so what about you what about you Vito? what were your first impressions um yeah i'm gonna rhyme with both you guys uh i think uh, although i will i will just do a quick not quite a correction but it's actually about two-thirds of the movie before we get to the the fortress in the sky 
I just want to give as much credit as I can to to this. And it's when they get there that it really do, you feel the big hand of the House of Mouse coming down, yeah. saying like we will now have the fight sequences, yeah. and mm -hmm. they won't feel so. But even there, there's stuff in that fortress that I really like. I like her confrontation with Drakov a lot. That scene is actually mm -hmm. is some of the most uncomfortable I've been in a Marvel movie. I didn't know that Marvel movies could make me uncomfortable, yeah. but watching Drakov beat uh, Natasha down in a PG-13 movie that I know that like six-year-olds are going to go see was very rough to watch. And it made me kind of go, oh yeah, you see, they made a decision a long time ago that they weren't going to do this kind of thing. But now that we've gone so far, they have to. I would much rather though live in a Marvel universe where violence against women is portrayed as something that's really ugly as opposed to just everyone being like a CGI puppet getting punched through walls. I really like the emphasis on the violence as being violent and these people mostly just being humans. Yeah. And that's something I, I really enjoyed about this movie is that the violence is, is so much more real and brutal and rough. I like that the villain is, they don't even try to tell you why what he's doing could make him like a misunderstood guy. They're like, nah, he's kind of the worst. <laughs> and yeah. you're like, yes, finally, thank you for not trying to humanize the monster. I, I went with it with a good friend uh, of the pod, shout out Mary. And she said, she said, I like that he was just an asshole. <laughs> and I'm actually toning it down a little bit. Um, but it's nice that that we just get a bad a bad guy who gets dispatched in, in a good way. Yeah. Um, I, I, it, there could be some mixed messaging, Mike. I, I, I hear that. But I, I gave this a four stars and I was very happy to because it's just been a long time since an MCU movie just made me made me feel something. Yeah. It was nice to feel something going back to the theaters, especially since the last movie I saw there was Rise of Skywalker, where I felt only loathing and disgust. <laughs> I got to feel something else and I got to have a good time doing it. And that's that's what the summer is for. That's what the yeah. movies are for in the summer. So I felt like I got what I paid for. Yeah, I felt many things during this movie. I probably had more emotions in this movie than any other Marvel movie I've ever seen, um, even including Endgame. But yeah. This, uh, this movie definitely goes places and digs into some of these characters, at least for a Marvel movie. Um, yeah. 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 We got we to couch everything that way. It's a Marvel movie. <laughs> yeah. And it does this well for a Marvel movie. <laughs> well, at well, first, it does it well on its own merits. Like, I, I thought it was shot well, like, just genuinely well. And the dialogue uh, had me engaged. The relationship had me engaged. Everything was I thought everything was really good. Everything the action was, so was different. Everything was so different than usual, you know? Yeah. Like the, the yeah. dialogue you're pointing to felt like there were people actually talking. The action felt rough and brutal. The way that it was shot seemed very strange. Like it was not the Russo brothers. It was, it had a, a distinct point of view. Mm -hmm. And that's so like opening with showing young women being pulled out of cargo containers while there's an acoustic cover of Smells Like Teen Spirit was an inspired and downer choice. But oh, incredible. I loved it. It was I amazing. I loved that so much. That is that is the best Marvel song I think we have in the yeah. entire MCU. Like this cover on Smells Like Dean Spirit. And it's just like this, ah, oh, it just brings you into this terrible world, this twisted, awful world of, of children dying and being trained as soldiers and they're like going off and like, you don't see them kill people, but they just put X's on the maps of people's faces. And it's just like, this is 
so sad. Like, just a moment ago, there was that whole sequence of them, like, growing up as innocent kids, and now they're assassins. I, I feel so, like, I remember getting a tinge of this feeling in the early MCU of, of this character, and knowing, like, oh, she's got a dark past, and just leaving it at that, and now it's like, oh, here it is in front of you, and this is, like, of your worst imaginings. Yeah, it's darker than you thought. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, when I, when I saw that, I wanted to go home. Like, I was like, I got to go home and make sure my kids are okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the way they're they're all holding, uh, that, was, that was pretty brutal. Yeah. Yeah. And unexpected. But yeah. g- given that note, you know, Mike, when slash will you show this to your kids? I, I will not show this to my kids. I'm not going to. I mean, like, you know, if we... If they watch it, I'll be there. You know, if they're like, if they, if they're like 15 and they're like, hey, we're going to watch all the MCU movies. I'm like, wow, all thousand of them? (laughs) We're going to do it. It's like, that's going to take you four years or something like that. And you say, you say, like, you're like, wait, are you including TV series? They're like, there's TV shows? You're like, oh no. (laughs) Canon or non canon? Yeah, exactly. It's like, this is stupid. And I'm like, yeah, it is. You're right. Um, (laughs) But, uh, Uh, um no i I, like this will be so if they are doing that if they're going through the mcu if they're like hey i want to see these movies um this will be one of the ones that i'm there for uh you know this one thor ragnarok um you know uh guardians of the galaxy probably both of them like i'm i'm there for those um we got to. i mean two is the best one so (laughs) yeah um uh, wow, you guys are just gonna let that one go. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> I'll let it go. Yep. Let it, let, let it go. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll watch like the first ones with them, but there's so much in there that's forgettable. And I'm not gonna sit them down and be like, hey, you guys, we really gotta watch, we really gotta watch uh, Black Widow. Like, that's just, that's the movie we gotta watch tonight. Um, we're, we're between The Godfather and Black Widow. That's the choice. <laughs> <laughs> that's never gonna be the choice in my house. What about you, Vito? Um, yeah, because I think I, I'm still, yeah, I think I'm still as I have always been more attached to the MCU than either of you. Um, I like these movies. I, I enjoy them because I love, I love big blockbusters and these ones are the most consistently entertaining of the big blockbusters besides, you know, Mission Impossible. Um, and I, I go to the theaters that, you know, summers mean blockbusters, summers mean hot nights and staying up late watching a big colorful thing on your, on a huge screen and then going out with your friends, getting drinks afterwards. Like that's, that's a quintessential summer night for me. And so every time I see one of these, it's, it's both a nostalgia trip for all the times I've already seen one of these, but also because it's, it's cheap thrills. It's yeah. uh, it's a roller coaster. It's the same reason why I watch like the conjuring movies. I, I'm just trying to get a thrill, just trying to have some fun. And for that reason, I don't know how many will be out by the time that my daughters are older, but I will watch at least the first three phases with them. And then Black Widow, I would probably throw in there too, in that phase three when she should have been, when she should have had a movie made about her. Right. I would include this in that earlier canon and do it there. And I I will show it to them just because I want them to feel the same wonder that I felt. That's cool. I respect that. Do you agree with that, Jesse? I think mostly, well, I, I think I will just follow with the release pattern personally um like i'll i'll start this at the end of endgame uh mostly because like man i've just noticed like these marvel movies are just getting kind of heavier 
um, as they go along, right? They're get they seem to be getting more serious, and then like I think there's a reason why this one is after after Endgame because this is like the most uh, kind of emotionally draining and dark Marvel movie that we've gotten, and Endgame helps build up to this point where the audience can expect something like this. Um, so I want to keep it in its place in that regard. But yeah, I I'm. I think I'm with you. I I won't show this to my kids um, like on its own. It needs the whole MCU to yeah. back it up. Yeah, uh, it's, it's like reading chapter <laughs> chapter twenty three of a book only. Yeah, you know it makes no sense. Yeah. But I do look forward to the time where there are fifty like MCU movies out there, and like we can just spend one weekend for the entire year, like getting together as a family watching these movies. That sounds a lot. That sounds like lots of fun to me. And yeah, yeah, I'm going to be especially excited to get to this one and a few others like Mike was saying. But yeah, that's that's when it's going to happen. It's going to be whenever we have this giant MCU year fest. I don't know when that's going to be. Probably like 10 years. Yeah, probably. I'm probably going to say like like between 10 and 15, it's going to fall somewhere in there. Yeah, I think that's about right. So yeah. you guys are both like all in like you're you're like, yeah, I want my kids to to experience these. Because they were so important to me. Uh, yeah. There's stuff yeah. that I think about all the time. I mean, superheroes, superheroes are really important to me. Just like the heroes of the West are important to me. Just like all major mythological things, legendary things, mythic things. I, I don't know. Yeah. This That's seems cool. like a... Good. a yeah. yeah, the MCU, you know, they are kind of silly blockbusters, but they are also like modern myth that everybody can connect to. And I think that's why MCU is worth watching in my opinion, not because like the movies are so technically great, but because this experience and these, this mythological land of superheroes is, is kind of wonderful. And at at least definitely superior in storytelling to the fast and furious movies, which I do enjoy, but (laughs) I don't know. Those fighting words. (laughs) (laughs) It's about family. How do you notice all of these movies are about family? Yeah, it's a very it's important American tradition. It's yeah. interesting. We got to talk about our families. Oh, constantly. the family that we build, not the families that we came from. Listen, they used to say you can't choose your family. Now they say nice. you can choose your family. <laughs> family. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that no, that's cool. I See, the thing is, I, I enjoy going to these movies. Like, I, I really loved, like, we went in, we got popcorn. I chatted with, like, the popcorn guy. I was like, hey, so have you seen it? And he was like, yeah, I saw it. I was like, was it good? He was like, oh, loved it. You know, we went in, it was like, it was fun or whatever. It's fun. I enjoy doing this, yeah. but I don't see an end to this. I mean, maybe, oh, no. maybe we'll, we will come to an end of this. But I'm guessing that as our kids get older, like there's going to be stuff to go and see with them um, within this universe. And so like, I would be much more willing to do that. Because to me, part of mm. what's enjoyable about these, the thing that is most enjoyable about these is the big screen, the popcorn, like oh, yeah. the movie watching experience, being there with everyone when you see like the hero make the big, uh, make the big save and like everyone claps and cheers. The most amazing theater going experience of my life was seeing Endgame an opening weekend and the entire theater collectively lost its shit when Cap gets the, the hammer. Yeah. It was the most exhilarating and incredible experience to be a part of this huge packed theater and everyone fucking explodes. Yeah. Like everyone loses their popcorn is everywhere. People are jumping up and down and screaming <laughs> in the seats. It really felt like being a part of like a concert. It felt yeah. like a, like a hive. It was amazing. Yeah. 
Yeah, that I, I love that. I think it's great. But I don't know when I walk out the doors and the movie's over, I'm kind of just like, yeah, that was a movie. Like I, it's it's over. It was. I really high fived a guy on the way out. I didn't even know the guy. I just high fived him, <laughs> and, and he was like, people. yeah. You don't even high five people. I am not a high fiver, and I just went for it. And the guy was ready. We like locked eyes, and we just knew like we're gonna high five. I don't know why, but like we just saw Endgame. It was great. It was great. We won. That's great. So I, I guess I guess that's what I mean. Like I don't mean to say like oh these are horrible. I'm not a total like Debbie Downer here, but I'm just like mostly a Debbie Downer. I mean I don't see them all, so like we yeah. know you're not totally against them. Mostly when I was like super sick, high fever. So half of it is is you know hardly remembered but i mean i mean look look these these are going like remember that scene in independence day where will smith punches the alien and he says welcome to earth asshole this is i'm gonna i'm standing here i am will smith you're the alien i'm punching you i'm saying welcome to the mono monoculture asshole like not <laughs> that see, you're an asshole but this is the monoculture this is now going to be the thing for for forever and it's not like you have to get on board but you're always gonna have to live with it exactly yeah. i i it's like dr strange love you know, I, I'm learning to love the bomb. That's right. It's just Doctor that's, Strange. That's what it is. That's, it's just Doctor <laughs> Strange now. Do you love <laughs> Doctor Strange? Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, right. it's, it's fair. Have have your reservations. I think yeah. it's I think it's healthy to have reservations about these things because, in the end, these the way that the companies who make them view them, they view them as products. Yeah. Like, this is this is content that they have paid for for your eye holes, and so that you pay for it. it they're all just pieces. They're all just just coming off an assembly line and some of them look different and more personal than others, but that's what they all are. And we just all have to realize that. Right. Yeah. But like, see, I, like you saying that doesn't make me feel better about it. It shouldn't. I'm not trying no, to make it, you feel better. It makes better. me yeah. want to go less. It's, and it, that that's how I felt at the end of this. Uh, sorry, Jesse. Yeah. I know what you mean. It often does feel like a product. Like, I guess I think why it took such a long break from these movies is because like, it just felt like one was just leading up to the other, which is leading up to the other, which is leading up to the other, but none of them were like impactful stories on their own. And so it just felt like you're just watching like the, the longest TV shows, the most drawn out episodes ever. And yeah, it just felt like it's put, it's a, a marvel. It's like a machine to push more of the machine on you, on you. So I will say, if they start doing that with these with these TV shows, which I am not going to watch, Fair. if they start, yeah, if if they start doing that, where it's just like you have to watch these shows in order to really enjoy those movies, like like just like that moment in Endgame, like when Captain America holds the hammer, like that was from like Avengers two, yeah, right? referencing that one, and then referencing like Thor, and then Avengers one, and you had to kind of see those in order to understand why this is an impactful moment. And if they have that, except behind the the wall of of TV shows, I'm out. I think I'll stop. You might you might have to stop. Loki is um, incredibly important. Hmm. Unfortunately, <laughs> no, it's Whoop. okay. I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> Just, I think I think Eternals will probably not be as related. I'm so excited for Eternals, guys. I am <laughs> being like, oh, I hate these products that they're pushing us and making us watch. So we watch all of them multiple times. But I'm so stoked for Eternals. I'm like, I can't wait. I see. You're I like dancing I, on your seat. I'm 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 bouncing. I'll stop by I'll stop this by saying that like, you know, we've been talking kind of downs, kind of sideways, I I guess if that's a phrase, about the MCU. But like I think 
overall, we all agree this is better than most of what we've seen from the MCU. This yes, Black Widow. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it was fun. Like, I had a fun time. This was a fun movie, guys. Right? Like, yeah. did you have fun? Yeah. yeah Even I though I also, I... like, wanted to leave the theater and go and hug my kids. <laughs> I mean, you know? I, no, I, cool. I was, I was locked in. I had a fun evening and it was, it was a, it was a blast. Yeah. It's everything I missed from being in the theaters. It's everything that I wanted, like, Rise of Skywalker to be. I wanted I know, it to be right? fun. I wanted it to be coherent. I wanted it to be different and cool. <laughs> you know? And it was all of those. <laughs> and it was all it was those. great. But, um, but what's your question, Jesse? We've been talking about the MCU, and we all agree this is one of the better ones. Where does this fall in your MCU rankings, then? Like, which which movies would you say that this is among with the other MCU movies? Oh, okay. Um, I would say this is second tier MCU for me. I think that first tier we have, you know, Iron Man. I would say Black Panther is up there as well. I would say Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, maybe Volume 1, 2. 1, 2, yeah. Uh, 1 and 2, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably Endgame as well. I think that's that's the cream of the crop up there, is the ones that, that were the biggest, had the biggest swings, and I think actually connected with me emotionally on some level. And then okay. I think Tier 2 would be, for me anyway, Black Widow. Honestly, probably Iron Man 3. I like Iron Man 3 a lot. You know, sort of there. And then tiers three and four, we have shit like Thor 2. And I, I'm kind of with you. I'm not a big fan of Captain America. Captain America is like tier three. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. He's kind of boring. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah. I don't know. That, that, that's that's kind cool. of where I'm at. Tier, tier two. Okay. What, what, do you, what, do you, what do you think, Jesse? Um, for me, this is a tier one MCU movie. This is like the one I connected with in some way the most like i actually felt things for this movie and normally in mcu movie i just watch it and be like huh you know i don't really like feel anything i just like saw a bunch of crazy action but it's for me it's like this movie it's uh iron man black panther guardians of the galaxy and then infinity wars and endgame and then as an added bonus just the avengers because i i really love the avengers as like that, I, I've got so many chills watching that. I I guess I just like most of the Avengers movie except for Age of Ultron. Yeah, yeah. I, the only reason it misses the that first tier for me is just the uh, the last 15, 20 minutes of the movie. I think are are genuinely poor, and I, I it lost me there. I you freaking know, it, I freaking love it. I I love the fight scene, and then I love the the comeuppance of Loki with. Oh, no, 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 no. Sorry, yeah. I'm talking about Black Widow. Oh, okay, you're talking about this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that, that's, like, wait, that's Loki why, was that, in it? That's what? why I missed Tier 1 for me, was just the last 15 minutes. I thought we're, we're, we're not very good at all. And I, I was genuinely, like, kind of checking my watch at that point. Like, all right, we gotta we gotta wrap this thing up. I could see that. I think the in this movie, the old, what saved the last 15 minutes, was um was wondering what was going to happen to the villain costume person. Um, yeah. Like, when she had her helmet taken off. Taskmaster, that's her name? Yeah. Okay. When Taskmaster had her, like, helmet taken off, I genuinely cringed looking at her face and, like, just knowing that's the implications of, like, uh, Natasha's actions, right? And then I I wanted to know, like, I know she's... I know Natasha has to save her now. Like, she can't let her out of this building. She can't make the same mistake because she's had some sort of crazy arc over the past 
mini MCU movies. And this is a culmination of that. And it happened. She actually like got her out, even though she thought she knew Taskmaster was going to come after her. I thought that was cool. I thought their, that, their sequence coming out of the sky was cool. And then that whole plot was, was well done. That is, that is really cool. The thing, the person who didn't get their comeuppance was Rachel Weiss's character who, even though she has been slightly under the, some of the mind control, helped develop a lot of the mind control. She is the one that, that is responsible for all this shit happening. And it's That's fine. My, that is my problem with this movie. <laughs> Mixed messages. And she's like, she's wounded, but she'll be fine. And then she gets to go off with all the people who she helped fuck up. And it's fine. <laughs> it's all fine. Because she said she was sorry and helped put an end to it. And Yelena and Natasha are both like... Yeah, you're kind of our mom now again. Yeah, and it's like what? Yeah. No. Also, David Harbour is kind of their dad. What? Yeah. Like these are the people who sold you into slavery. Yes. Like these are not. And yes, they're sorry, but this is a lot different than like Odin being co- making his sons compete with each other, which is like messed up in its own yeah. right. You know. But yeah. this is, that's what you were supposed to do as a father, make your children compete. Exactly. You see, there's, but no one says that as a father, you should sell your surrogate children into slavery. No. You know? Yeah. I mean, I mean, like the whole family dynamic that was so interesting at first, because you're wondering if they're going to explode at any second, does end up pulling flat because like nobody explodes at anybody. Yeah. Like they just accept the fact that their foster parents just, did this to them. Did th- yeah. Sold them. Like, we didn't care about them at all. I as, guess. As they, well, they're yeah. like brainwashed by the mother country, right? They're like, what's the problem? You served, you served the purpose. You served the country. That's the greatest thing you can do. Which they also abandon a certain way through the movie for reasons that are very unclear to me as to why they would lose their lifelong allegiance. It, I the, just. The, yeah. That's just not about this yeah. movie. Actually, yeah. Do, do, do you, we want to go to likes and dislikes? Yeah, let's do it. I, no, no, no. Well, I just wanted oh. to hear Jesse's response. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I guess a lot of that gets like washed away in in some of this movie. So like, it makes you think like, oh, oh, they're 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 just part of the same system or whatever. At least for me, that was my experience watching it. So it made me kind of forget that was all happening. But yeah, I have to admit that that was worse. It makes me want to bring it down half a star back to the three point five. I think I might. Yeah. I think I might do that as well. Yeah. <laughs> Even as I heard the words that were coming out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't. That doesn't pan. Yeah. Uh, oh, I was just gonna say. Uh, th- I mean, this is a part of our new segment for new releases. Um, we're gonna try it with this one. We'll see if it works. We'll see if it sticks. Likes and dislikes. What worked? What didn't? Um, and it sounds to me like the final resolution and messaging of this movie kind of didn't work for us guys. No. Yeah. No. So, so the message is, uh, I mean, it, it's, it kind of works. Like they kill the bad guy. They kill this horrible dude and he is just evil. I he's mean, he's straight up evil. He's trafficking the worst. Women, and he <laughs> has, ha, is he, he beats women. He mm. has no respect for, for human, human life at all. Or um, dignity, yeah, yeah. Like it, he's one of the most incredibly bad people. Like it's, it's actually great. Like that works. He, he's, right? he's the only true. He is the truest monster in the MCU. Yeah, as far as I, as far as I can tell. Like we've had arms dealers, you yeah. know. We've had um, intergalactic lords attempting to level the universe. We've even had like petty thieves. But this guy is a human trafficker. 
and a slaver. It's the worst. He's the mind controlling people to kill people because he's like, I don't know, trying to control the world, but it doesn't matter anyway. Like, it's great. The way Natasha brings him down, it's fantastic. But then in the end, I mean, like full spoilers here, but, um, you know, like, like, I I guess the way he dies, I I thought was pretty good. It was pretty cool. Um, Mm -hmm. I would have preferred a hand to hand thing, but it was cool. Well, I I was thinking about that. Like, I kind of wanted him to be executed a little bit. I kind of wanted Florence Pugh to like end him. Yeah. Just like bullet to the head. Something like that. That would have been cool. I understand why they wouldn't be comfortable with that because of her being the new Black Widow and stuff. But I I don't know. I know it's supposed to be a joke, but when she's describing the forced hysterectomy that they had to undergo. It was was horrendous. It's yeah. I I, I laughed out of pure uncomfortableness because I was like, oh, man, (laughs) this is yeah, it's long. Yeah. Yeah. And it's clear it's kind of meant for laughs, but it's also deeply disturbing yeah and i i will say that that right there uh laugh being able to laugh at that the whole reason why that is even possible is because david harper's character yeah who's just so inherently ridiculous and i know the messaging on him is a little off i I don't i don't don't even know what to call it messaging just his character doesn't really make sense he's just there and functioning as a comedic relief character because this story is inherently uncomfortable. Yes. Yeah. And he's actually what? pulling it off and synthesizing this mass of crazy emotions everybody would be feeling and like um, soothing them over very, very well. So I, I will say I like David Harper and his character for that reason because in a movie and a script, that's how I think he's functioning here. I, I dislike the David Harper character. I like him for the reasons you stated, and I dislike him because maybe this is the joke of his character, but he is functionally useless yeah. yes. in, in terms of the plot. And I get that's the joke, but I also kind of, it seems a little on the nose to have a male bad guy traffic women. And then we have three main starring women, one of whom does, well, they all have done horrible, unforgivable things, but one of whom specifically Rachel Vice, has done this awful stuff to enslave these other women. And then the only other guy that we really get is a is a doofus. Who's a doofus who's controlled by the state. But like, okay, he makes no sense to me as a character because he infiltrated a, um, a right? So he infiltrated a science facility in the 90s, right? Yeah. Pretending to be a scientist, Yeah. right? Yeah. But he's an idiot. Yeah. He is an idiot. Yeah. And he was there with his uh, fake wife, Rachel Weiss, who is scientist a genius, yeah. who is yes. a scientist. And like, okay, things have gotten better since the 90s, but there were a lot of female scientists in the 90s. Oh, for sure. In Ohio. Like, it, it, it wouldn't have been crazy funny for like, her to be the scientist. The David Harbour from the first 15 minutes yeah. is almost not the same David Harbour in the rest of the movie. He's not. They're radically different. <laughs> he, I, it was cool to see him like clean shaven and looking, I don't know. He, yeah. Like I was like, I was excited by that. Um, I was like, Oh wow. Like I think he's going to play a nuanced character and then he doesn't nope. at all. Um, <laughs> but then also he's a super soldier with super strength and we see him break out of the prison but why didn't he do that before? Because he was in, convinced. He's in the middle of Siberia. There's nowhere yeah. to go. But he's a super soldier. He can like. But it's kind of it's kind of clear that he is strong, but like not that strong. You know what I mean? 
because he doesn't do a lot of super strength things. I, I guess. And he mostly gets his ass handed to him. By even stronger people. Well, we don't yeah. know. We don't know. Well, this is well. This is the big Marvel problems. You don't actually know how strong anyone is. That's you right. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, he's like a, a five on the Richter scale. Of well, they they say that he is the Russian Captain America, which in your mind is like, oh, okay, so he's as strong as Captain America. But it's very clear he is not as strong as Captain America. But what is clear is that well, Taskmaster is a lot stronger than he is, but probably less strong than Captain America. But we're not sure. We're just led to believe that. No, I think that she's supposed to be super strong because yeah. she's what does that like mean on, on a she's, relative scale. She's like a a, a cyborg. I like, will so say she's, she's punching yeah. with no, metal. She, no, she has the super serum. They say that. Oh, yeah. I will say that when but she, she throws okay. a shield, it always cuts into things. Whereas when Captain America normally throws a shield, it bounces off of things. So I'm going to say that she's stronger than Captain America. That seems ridiculous, but. I mean, you can say it, and I'm not even like going to fight you on it. But it, if that's true from a storytelling standpoint, that would be ludicrous to me. I still think it's ridiculous that David Harbour, playing Alexei, playing the Russian Captain whatever America, the hell his name was, is. What is his name? I don't, I don't know, know his name. The Red Rocket. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Red Robin. Yeah. Um, I don't yeah, he, well, he eats enough hamburgers. Like it doesn't make sense to me yeah. in the MCU that he would be stuck in this prison. Well, it's it's no, it does make sense because of the plot. It <laughs> they need him in the prison. That's right. I forgot the plot makes sense of the plot decisions. Yes. Um. Yeah. Okay. So David Harbour, did 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 he work or did he not work? Did it work? So oh, he he didn't work in terms of like plot and character development, but in terms of just like what the script needed him to do for like comedic relief. I, I think he does it very effectively, and actually has the comedic relief here has a purpose, and he's. The only one really doing it. When he actually gets a chance to do something, some heavy lifting, like when he's talking to Florence Pugh, when he yeah. goes to see her, it's a great mm -hmm. scene. They yeah. work so well together. He does so well playing off of, of younger women who are deeply disturbed in their characters. You know, that's like a, a big strength of his. Um, yeah. Especially like talking about Millie Bobby Brown. And oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, he's very good in that. When he can do something, he's great. And when yeah. he can just make a joke, he's still great. Character sucks. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't any, it wasn't me yeah. saying anything about him. It's about Alexi. Um, okay, okay, cool, cool. I felt okay. Uh, Rachel P or uh, 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 Florence Pugh. Sorry, um, did like. she work? Did she not work? Like, like, her. like, like a hundred percent. She's amazing, right? Yeah, yeah a thousand percent. Like, I love like her. I love the sisterly dynamic between her and Natasha. Like throughout this story, like that. One of my favorite scenes is them sitting at a table and just like drinking a beer and yeah. talking to each other. Yeah. Um, and then her criticizing <laughs> Black Widow's moves. And then like, you, and then you flip your hair up like this. It's disgusting. It's like I. This is really. She does funny. it later in the movie. Yeah. She does it later, and yeah. then and then like, like shivers in disgust. <laughs> She's <laughs> so. <good. laughs> I love that. I love. Uh, I love her commentary about like how Natasha is actually a killer only children look up to her um yeah which is like that is valid criticism yeah she's just an assassin and like here we are like celebrating this assassin type character um and she's way she seems far more self-aware of that than uh, natasha ever did or maybe natasha was the whole throughout the entire mcu i don't know it was cool it, it seemed like it added depth to both characters um her dialogue there and I also love how she's being set up to be this new Black Widow who is not overly sexualized. Like, 
like Natasha or uh, what's her name? Scarlett Johansson is like specifically one of my favorite parts of the movie is when they have the white jumpsuits and they both start wearing them and you see it clearly for the first time and Scarlett Johansson's like super form fitting and uh, you know, the cleavage is showing quite a bit. And then hers, Florence Pugh is just like super wrinkled. Like it's yeah. not form fitting in the slightest. It's like, this is the new black widow is she's just going to be completely practical, have a deadpan sense of humor. Well, it, it has, it has a lot of buckets. You know, so, you put all, so many things in here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great. And I, I love the character. I love the actress. I love, yeah, I, I really love Flor- Florence Pugh as, wait, what's the character's name? Elena. Elena. Yeah. No, she's she's wonderful. I, I can't wait to see more. I, I She brought a, a surprising depth. Yeah. And like the cynical humor that she brings is, mm-hmm. is fantastic. Um, like it's it's really well done. Like surprisingly well done for the for for this movie or any Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I thought that was great. I loved the first scene uh, with Natasha and Elena together. Yeah. Um, that fight scene. Um, it felt like the Born Identity. Yeah. It felt like a Born yeah. movie. I, I I thought that that was incredible. Um, yeah, and also the immediate, brutal. Yeah, the immediate mystery of like, why? Why are you guys fighting? Aren't you sisters? Didn't you come there because you knew she'd be there? Like, what's going on? Like they're like choking each other out with a curtain. They yeah. almost <laughs> kill each other many times. Yeah, yeah. I, I did think it was funny though. Like Natasha, like take, like we see her changing or whatever, um, and she's got like the bruise on her back, and Elena is like, "Oh, she's gone through some hard stuff." It's like you probably gave her that bruise when you threw her against the um, when you like, bicycle kicked her against the door. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and like the door broke. Yeah, I thought that was funny. What about what about the fighting? Did it work or did it not work? This is I've got one more thing after this. Fighting, good or bad? Good, good, good. good. Mo- most most interesting was- fighting I've seen in an MCU movie in a long time. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Also, like yeah. one of my favorite explosions in an MCU movie. Like, I know it's not technically part of Which fighting one? or whatever. Which one? The, um, the one where she's like stuck in Norway and she's driving a car, I think, to oh, the crash. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, you know, her car explodes. I guess I should expect something like this in MCU, but usually it's not like juxtaposed. This sort of explosion isn't juxtaposed to uh to like such a like mellow scene. Yeah, and very I thought, quiet and lonely. Yeah. That's something that that's weird. Usually, like those scenes take place like in a busy city center. Traffic is gridlocked, or like we're on top of a parking garage and there's a helicopter. No, she's driving down a lonely road, and there's a fight scene that takes place between her and Taskmaster. That's very cool and inventive, but very lonely. It's sparse. It just takes place yeah. in this little section of bridge. Yeah, I, it felt tense to me, and mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if this is going to make me if these fight scenes could make me feel tense after everything that I've seen and it did and it worked and it functioned because of the mood and the loneliness, like, like you're saying. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. What'd you think? Yeah. I thought, I thought it was good. I mean, I feel like all of the MCU has the problem of you can't see what's going on half the time, but there were parts of this that I thought like, like that scene with Pew and, and uh, Johansson where they're, they're fighting in the apartment for the first time. That's freaking incredible. And mm. I really like the, the scene, um, like the final like battle as they're trying to leave the, with the all the widows. Plane. No, not with all the widows. Um, that was kind of cool. When Florence Pugh detonates the helicopter. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and like they're falling, like, I don't know. There was something about it that was, I, I mean, we've seen that a million times. The falling and was cool. It wasn't, you know, jumping cars out of an airplane. I'll yeah. say that. Yeah. But it was still pretty cool. Was pretty cool. Yeah. 
Um, okay, last thing. What did did Natasha work? Did you like Natasha? Did you dislike Natasha? This is the big thing about the movie. It's it's Black Widow. Yeah, it sounds it sounds like you're saying you. It sounds like while this is a question, it sounds like you are you feeling out the waters before you answer yourself. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm curious. Like I want to know. Oh, okay. Like it could be that one of you guys were like, you know what? The worst part about this movie was Black Widow. No, no. Okay. I I loved it. I love Natasha in here. I love finally getting her backstory. Finally seeing how dark she really is because she always seemed haunted. And frankly, yeah. I think she out of everybody in the MCU had the best arc. In fact, had the most of an arc of like, at first, like not trusting anybody and being like, you know, the cold hearted spy to like realizing that she had something going on with Hawkeye and she could actually trust him to having a relationship with Captain America to having a relationship with Hulk and genuinely gathering this family, which is the premise that is in this movie. Um, and then seeing her, I, I was going to say her real family, but it's not. It's her fake family, her second fake family. And just how broken that is and realizing that she's never had a life before. like, And also that she can never have kids. I don't know why, but that just made like her entire character throughout the MCU seem way more sad. Because it's clear that she wanted to. Anyway, like this, this added a lot of depth for her. Not just for this movie, but for the entire franchise. And I thought that was really cool. Really well done. And... Yeah, she has genuine depth here. She has lots of feelings, thoughts, wants, and needs, and um, and I thought it was all laid bare. And I thought it was it went deeper than like she was wanted simple revenge for something. She had some deep seated motives going on here. I, I felt the same way. I mean, I think especially learning about the um, the the way she got out of the widows. Um, was, I mean, like, I think, I think a lot of it is pretty fascinating, but I thought that that was pretty, like, I don't know. She's one of the good guys. They don't kill people, right? Like the other guys. Especially collateral. Especially collateral. And she's just like. She straight up firebombed that guy and sacrificed his daughter, you know? And everyone else in the building. Didn't care. But he saw, she saw his, his daughter there and she was like, do it. Do it anyway. Um, I want out that that haunted past it's not simply the trauma that she's been through although there's tons of that um it's but it's also done. things that she's done not just when she was mind controlled things that she's done and was sort of forced to do because of what she had done before in order to get away from it yeah she um, she wasn't mind controlled to be clear it's yeah it's only well, later yeah not not actually mind controlled with like chemicals but more like through yeah, through, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know i don't know whatever it is conditioning um, yeah, conditioning. She was conditioned to do it, but she knew she wanted to get out. This is how she had to do it. Um, that's pretty brutal. And she's just been kind of like living with that, knowing that throughout the whole movies. Yeah. You know, thinking about that makes a little bit more sense of like the, for, the from a plot perspective, like a for, the forgiveness that she gives to uh, to Lexi and uh, Rachel Vice. I can't remember her character's name. I can't remember her character name either. Um, but like- Alina. Rather, rather than Melina. rather than seeking to kill everyone, like they were also tools of the state condition that way. Yeah, it's still like it doesn't make sense, or it it does not a final message, but yeah, it like alleviates some that that yeah. plot hole. I think a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's like, like it's like she. It. Yeah, she's like developed forgiveness as well. It's not just like she's yeah. gotten away from it, but she's also 
discovered how to live with it. Something like that. I don't know. She really worked. I thought it was great. Yeah, full agree. Um, maybe final final question. Um, should this movie have come out earlier? Should this movie have come out earlier? Not not necessarily in 2020, but should this movie have come out immediately after Captain America Civil War? I I will say that I think I answered this one already with earlier yeah, when this... I was talking about when to show it to my kids. Yeah. Yeah. So we and know what you think. Yeah. Basically, that's what I'm saying. I think it should come out where it is because Endgame conditioned us for this sort of movie. What do you guys think about that? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I have really <laughs> strong feelings about this. You wrote that um, down. <laughs> no, it was, it was, oh, it was, was your question. Oh, it was, oh it was your question. I don't really have strong feelings about it. Um, I think that, yeah, I think it could have come out earlier. I think if it had come out um, last year, it would have been more impactful. Um, it's been two years since Endgame happened, so I think a lot of the impact is lost. Hmm. Yeah, that's kind of what I feel. I, I think it, I think it should have come out earlier. I don't. Um, yeah, we just we just didn't hear Black Widow was super important for a while, and then she wasn't important, and then they gave us Endgame, and they said, "Oh, look, she's super important again." Yeah, and the way that her character has been used has just been super inconsistent and, and dippy. And it would have been nice if in the three phases that sort of comprise the main of the MCU, at least I think as will always be remembered, the main Thanos storyline, the Infinity Stone storyline, right? I would have liked this to be there. I understand why it's not. It has nothing to do with an Infinity Stone. That's probably why they didn't mm -hmm. put it there. But it just would have made a lot more sense for an original member of the Avengers to have had her movie there. And Hawkeye, that's fine. <laughs> you know, it's fine. He didn't need a movie. It's cool. Uh, we know him. He's got the bow and arrow, likes his family. Um, that's all he's there is to He's killed people him. too. Yeah. Probably. I mean, he helped Natasha kill this dude. Yeah. I know yeah. that now. Yeah. Well, he's but, he's getting a whole TV series with... Uh, with uh, But just... Well, he's going to be passing it on. But just talking about in just in general, yeah, I think yeah. it should have come out back then. I think that this, that this kind of dark storyline would have actually pushed uh, the MCU in a little bit of a different direction. And I just would have appreciated seeing it seeing it sooner on time instead of now where it feels like a little bit of an afterthought to me. Yeah, that's a yeah, fair point. I get that, but ah, yeah, I don't know. I said what I said. <laughs> you did indeed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, then. I guess. Wait, uh, are we not going to talk about the message of the movie? Well, I think we kind of talked about that, right? Like we said it was garbled. It was. Yeah, it was a garbled okay. message. Yeah. Okay. Like, you know, she she kills the main bad guy, but like, I don't know. It seems to me like I think all of the people who are involved in child trafficking and in young women trafficking are all the main bad guy. Um Oh yeah. And uh this is pretty awful. So yeah. that's okay. the next messaging. All right, cool. Um, if that's all you want to talk about, I thought you had like a whole like this is what Black Widow's actually about, or is it? segment I, I i do think it's kind of funny how like like it you know it's a marvel movie i gotta make it stick but it's like in order to make it fit where it does um they make it be like oh you know i've learned this lesson about how i need to bring my fam my my original fake family together so now i've gotta go back and help my my other family that i've built you know get back together that's you like say family end. one more time Family. <laughs> I would hit you too, but you're not here. I thought that was funny. 
That's all. It's like okay. it, it, it was it was cheesy. Not important yeah, for this movie. Still but, got cheese in there. It's yeah, it's Marvel. <laughs> all right, we got one more question, don't we? I think we've got one last thing to it's talk about. It's our classic question: Is this a dad movie, Mike? No, it's not a dad movie. Go on. I've talked enough trash about MCU. Go, uh, go, Jesse. <laughs> Yeah, I'm looking forward to watching this and all the MCU movies, which are more or less dad movies, except for the really sucky ones, which I want to have nothing to do with. Um, namely, Thor Dark World, Ant-Man and the Wasp, and I'm pretty sure there are others. Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> what, what a dumb movie that, that is. It was really dumb. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, jeez. I feel like I feel like Morty. Oh, man. Oh, jeez, Rick. Oh, that was not a good movie. Oh, yeah. it was like. Do you want to see a blockbuster that's not fun? It's not depressing. It's just not fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's got a lot of music from a time period. Oh, man. They really make sure they let you know that it's got music from the time period. Over and so over I hear you got a Marvel movie for me. Uh, I do, sir. It's got plenty of music from the time period. <laughs> well, we should have <laughs> that up. <laughs> oh, music also, the time I, just, I feel like... I want to be on record say, stating that Nick Fury losing an eye to a cat is the, one of the dumbest plot points in the entire MCU. It's a monster. Did you watch the end credits thing? Oh, no. I know it's a monster, but it's still a cat. Oh, okay. it's a cat. I guess true. cats are all mo- monsters. I don't know. But like, it's still stupid. It's really stupid. It just, it just feels like MCU is like all of these movies are written by AI who's like, who's like looked at culture for the last hundred years and like, oh, this is what it, it's like. Star Wars: The Last Jedi was written by AI. I'm sure of it. You know, like halfway. All right, That's we're all. gonna move on from That's that. All. That whatever. The I'm not, hell I'm not really sure was. of it, but it feels like it. It's like I, I was waiting until you, you said the hello, last part. Hello, fellow humans. You know, that's that's what it feels like. But it this feels is like what that because like. it's a committee. Yeah, because this is a product. You're right. This is Kraft right. mac and cheese, You're but this right. one is white cheddar. I'm getting cynical. <laughs> oh, I like Kraft mac and cheese. Don't don't disown that. I really it's really liked a lot of things about this movie. I really like Kraft mac and cheese. I know? really like Kraft. All right, Vito is or moving away from Mike's conspiracy hour. Is this or is this <laughs> not a dad movie? Uh, it is a dad movie insofar as I think MCU, excepting for the stupid ones, up to this point are. That that's yeah. what I'm gonna say. Just because yeah. like we're gonna do that thing where we watch the stuff with our kids. Mike chooses not to spend his time that way. That's fire. That's fine. Um, yeah. I don't watch baseball. Mike does. We all t- t- use our time in different ways. I, I don't. Watch, yeah, I don't Mike watch watches. Baseball. No, I Mike watches all the sports. All the sports. No, my kids don't let me. Oh. My kids have control well. That, that's over, good because if I was TV. your kid, I'd be like, "We're not watching baseball." <laughs> well, that's what they say. So I don't know. But anyway, you, you you choose. We all choose to use our time in different dad ways, doing different dad things with our dadlings, which I'm calling kids. Uh, and Jesse and I are going to choose to spend time with our dadlings, uh, consuming some MCU content. <laughs> We're going to watch all the Furious movies multiple times. Fast and Furious movies. I mean, you, the Fast you, movies. We're not. I'm kidding. You can't even commit to the bit for like more than 10 seconds. (laughs) It it did also. All right. Thinking about like the amount of content in the MCU, though, it did also occur to me that we could watch like multiple TV shows all the way through. And that would be the same amount of time as the MCU with its TV shows added on. So it's like. I have a lot of options. (laughs) The TV shows are thankfully quite short. So. That helps. 
Oh, you, but you mean like other TV shows, right? Or like I, yeah, no, I yeah. mean like so you could like watch Mad Men in the time I, that it took. Yeah, you could you could have the whole MCU and with all of its content, or you could watch like three legendary TV shows or something. I mean, are you gonna watch Mad Men with your kids? Like, <laughs> no, probably not. Probably not. Probably you gonna not watch Mad The Man. Wire with your kids? Like, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> but it's a good point. I, I take Breaking it. Bad. The Sopranos. The Sopranos. You can watch The Sopranos with your kids? You're going to watch Breaking Bad again with your kids? <laughs> no. Probably yeah, not. Yeah, probably not. I have to, like, maybe all the... Would I watch The Office with my kids? Yeah. You know, we need Not Your Father's I, I, TV I shows the sometimes. I, I watched The Office with my mom. I mean, like, I was like 16 or something. I watched it with my mom, too. She loves yeah. it. Well, she laughed at it. It was uncomfortable sometimes, but that's I, fine. I introduced my mom to it. Um, she works in an office so yeah yeah no i watched like the first three seasons before to like so i had it on like one of those little video ipods oh yeah, yeah. and i was finally like you know what, mom would love this yeah and so we watched it and she did i was right so when we do a spinoff at not your father's tv shows jesse uh you and mike will be very much in charge of handling that cool i, I fully support you i fully support you that's just uh that that's not my bag jesse mm-hmm. how do you feel about everybody loves raymond Oh, it's always so uncomfortable, like three quarters of the way through. <laughs> it's always just like really like, oh, here are my emotional problems. I'm gonna state them very clearly, very succinctly, so that way you can understand me and I can understand you. And the other person doesn't write back to them. And then that's always just like it was funny, and then this happened. And now it's like it just feels very much like a family drama and awkward. And I'm not sure if I want to keep going. Interesting. I've defined my entire relationship on that movie, so or on that show. Really? So. No, no, yeah. no. no I, I want to hear. I want to hear. I, okay, no, we're we're gonna not gonna, we're not gonna end block one. <laughs> talking about everybody loves Raymond. No, we're not. I, but but I am just gonna say, if you guys ever have room uh, for Cheers on your Not Your Father's TV shows, I would talk about Cheers for a long time. I love Cheers. cheers. That, hey, that, cheers. That's, that's my show. I haven't seen that in a long time, but I watched it with my parents. Yeah. It's the best. But okay. Uh, thank you so much for joining us on our new release episode uh, covering the first of, uh, of the MCU for us. Yeah. First time we've ever done it. And maybe we'll check back in later in the year. But uh, for our thoughts, Jesse rated it three and a half stars, as did I. Mike rated it three. Yep. Um, Jesse and I both brought down our ratings after some discussion. We're like, wait, what are we doing? Lower. Um, <laughs> but we all, still, we all still at least liked it, at the very least. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And uh, yeah, go out and see it. Have yourself a good time. Um, maybe don't bring popcorn. kids under 10, you know? No, don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Florence Pugh, like digging into her leg with a knife. That's when oh, I was yeah. like, oh no, 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 no. I'm so happy. No kids are here. And then a kid started crying right behind me. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, <laughs> why did you do that? Why um, did you bring your kid here? Yeah. Anyway. So yeah. En- enjoy it. Have fun. I- either see it at home, see it at the big screen and, uh, Tune back in. We're next week. We're going to be doing uh, another detective movie in our series. So that's exciting. Um, I wonder what it'll be. I wonder if you can guess. That'd be cool. Try Giant it. Z's. That's my inch. <laughs> <laughs> but for all of us at Not Your Father's Movies, I'm Vito. I'm Mike. And I'm Jesse. Have a good night.